0: Welcome to the Super Fantasy Bros podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I am one half of the team, Kevin Coleman, and I am joined on by podcast by co-host Jacob Dunn, who is back after having a recently having a baby. How is that going?
1: Oh, it's going well, brother. I'm a dad times two now, which is unreal. Uh, My son, Jacob Thomas, was born last Tuesday. He, he, He weighed seven pounds and one ounce and 19 and a half inches tall. He's eating like a champ. He's sleeping like a champ, which is allowing mom and dad to sleep like a champ, which is a wonderful change of pace from my firstborn, who did not let us sleep a wink. But hey, man, I'm glad to be back. Um, I'm happy to be back on the show. Big shout out to D-Mendy for taking my spot last minute last week and absolutely crushing it with you, Kevin. I enjoyed the
0: show. Yeah, no, we're just glad everything was good. It, it came at you know, your son came at the wrong time, Jacob. He should have known that we had a show to do, but I understand. understand. I'm glad everybody I'm glad everybody's healthy. Uh, hey, don't don't worry, that sleeping thing's not gonna last very long. You know that. Like it, <laughs> you you enjoy it right now.
1: Knock on wood, man. I gotta get in my sleep. <laughs> if hey, 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 if you guys want quality content, yeah. pray that pray that my son gets some sleep so that I can get some sleep. Because Kevin has been carrying the content quality this whole time and i need to help
0: <laughs> yeah no no I, I feel you there trust me my kids don't sleep either uh but hey here we go on today's show uh we, we had david Phil in last week luckily we have the smarter jacob here this this week so we're covering our top five wide receivers heading into the 2021 season uh we're going to be telling you which wide receivers we're not going to draft based on adp and based on just kind of in general like guys we're going to avoid in both redraft and dynasty formats and we're going to be going over some of my favorite dynasty buys at the end of the show. so let's get it going. Now, before we get into the main kind of content that we want to go over, you know, we always try to start off with some news uh, and there isn't a ton of news right now. It's dry out here. uh, And as you can tell by fantasy Twitter today. Uh, But if you want to know, like, what do you think, Jacob, about the Aaron Rodgers situation? It's it's July now. He just had a match, a golf match where he's been kind of snigh about it. Uh, What are we getting concerned now about these guys, Adams, all these different groups of Packers, you know, Jordan Love, could he be consistent? Like, where are you at with Aaron Rodgers right now?
1: It gets a little bit concerning the more we go into the offseason, but my gut says that he's going to stay. I mean, he he has been in Green Bay for his entire 16-year career. Um, and I know there's a ton of rumors saying that, you know, he's going to get traded to the Broncos. But if he gets traded to the Broncos, then the Broncos will have to give up a litany of assets, like, you know, future yeah. first-round draft picks, and most likely Jerry Judy. Maybe even Noah Fant or Sutton, which, I mean, if Rodgers comes here, he's not going to have much of a team to work with. So I'm not sure that Rodgers would want a trade unless it's just for picks so that he can just land in Denver and just, you know, a la when Peyton Manning came here, he just got to inherit the whole team without giving anything up. That would be ideal if Rodgers was traded. But all in all, I think that Aaron rogers stays now if he does miss all of training camp i think that would be more telling and i think that will force green bay's hand but aaron Rodgers is a very interesting dude i can see him retiring before you know re-signing with re-signing with the packers if he feels even a bit disrespected
0: Yeah. No, no, I think that's fair. I mean, when you look at his contract really like he has a 37 million uh, cap hit this year and 38 million dead money trading. I just don't see trading in the right. Like they have an out in 2022. So like, I don't think he's there after this year. I just don't see him leaving. So I'm not really that concerned, but like you said, training camp, what do we see? Is he coming? I think he's going to inevitably play because I don't think there's really anywhere else Mm -hmm. he can play. But like you said, I really think he either plays or he retires. Like that's how crazy this is. Yeah. but that—that's kind of where we have. But let's mm-hmm. get into our uh, top five wide receivers. So we are going to go into our redraft because Jacob's the man of redraft, and we're going to be talking about our top five for redraft, and then we'll be getting into some dynasty. So let's go to your redraft.
1: All right, my man. Yeah. So Tyreek Hill—he leads my list of the wide receiver ones. Uh, you know, of all of my wideouts, I do have Devonte Adams as my number one right now but you know with all of like this Aaron Aaron Roger stuff you know I'm just for argument's sake I'm going to leave him out so I'm going to bump everyone up one and that's Tyreek Hill you know Kevin I have openly admitted to be a little bit of a hiatus when it comes to my <laughs> wide receivers you know I want them tall I want them big uh you know I want my Wide receiver wants to be those alpha dogs who are like six foot four or higher, but Tyreek Hill is on another level. He is yeah. a unicorn, you know, like over Hills last three seasons, he's averaging 8.4 targets per game, 8.4, that type of consistency over a stretch of 43 games. The past three seasons is way too consistent to ignore. Um, his floor and ceiling is unmatched among all all wideouts in the league. Plus, the Chiefs have no legitimate wide receiver, two besides their world-class tight end Travis Kelsey. But yeah. even even Kelsey's dominant presence down the middle of the field helps stretch the sidelines for Hill. So, if you are even a little slightly heightest like me, don't be don't be Don't be deterred from taking Hill as one of your first wideouts, especially if if Aaron Rodgers doesn't return to Green Bay, making Adams the wide receiver one.
0: Yeah, so I want. There's a couple things I want to point out. I want to talk to you about it. Um, One is so let's go to Hill first. Like I I do think when you look at his targets and his target share and everything he's done, I think consistently, like you pair him with Mahomes, he is that. So, like, I understand that. And I, I when I wrote my article last year with it, like, when you see what he's been able to put up, the amount of just targets that he's gotten, it's just been phenomenal. Like, he, when you look at most yards on deep passes for 20 yards downfield until last year was 754, so 41 targets. Like, he's got most yards on deep passes. He's got all those things that you like to look for in a wide receiver one, especially Mahomes. I like that you brought up a good point. Like, right now I've been seeing a lot of Nicole Hardman. Have you been noticing that? And I've been seeing some ADP get bumped up. Please stay away from Cole Hardman. Like, I, don't do it.
1: I agree completely. He hasn't proved it yet, and Watkins has been their wide receiver two, and he's been injured, oft injured. But they needed Watkins to come back because Hardman just is not their wide receiver two. Kelsey is their true wide receiver two, and then it's probably yeah. Clyde Edwards Elair is going to be their wide receiver three. You know, like yeah. they just cannot count on me, Cole, and Robinson and Pringle. Like all these guys are just guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and they're not worth the ADP. I mean, you might best ball. I don't mind grabbing sure. them. Maybe, maybe, but no, in terms of trying to like figure out when the hell they're going to catch a ball, like <laughs> that, that, that to me, I'm staying away from now, Devonte Adams, uh, Devonte Adams is a different one. So I've saw two different takes today. That's why I'm glad you brought it up. Some said that he's, he's QB. He, he, he's not QB dependent. Like you don't need Aaron. He can go in there with anybody and still be there. I I question that a little bit. I think that he can still be a wide receiver one, but he's not going to be a top five. Is that kind of how you would feel? Or where would you rank him? Like, let's say Rodgers wasn't there. Let's say Love is his quarterback. Where would you be comfortable ranking him?
1: I just don't see a Devontae Adams that quarterback proof like the next guy I'm going to talk about, you know, a DeAndre Hopkins. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see him being that proof. Like, he needs that quarterback. Like, Aaron Rodgers was force-feeding Adams the ball on the goal line much to the detriment of Aaron Jones uh uh you know everyone who managed Aaron Jones was like oh my gosh yeah. this is maddening but Adams was getting force fed and i'm not sure that Jordan Love has that talent to force feed Adams so yeah i'm i would be hard pressed to put Devonta Adams like probably i mean i would debate my top 10 but he would probably be my top 10 because he does have unreal talent i just yeah. don't think he has that talent to be quarterback proof.
0: Yeah. I mean, he had 149 targets last year in 14 games, so he was getting just peppered. Uh, so again, that's what, that's what you have to kind of worry about with that. But all right, let's move on for your number two. You kind of mentioned him already. Deandre Hopkins. Yep. What do you think of Deandre?
1: Deandre Hopkins is the most talented wideout in, in the game today, bar none. I just wanted to start that off. He is incredible. He, he is one of the most quarterback proof, wide receivers this game has ever seen even even at 29 years old this this is the guy that every team badly wants because his catch radius is insane uh now let's dive into the last three seasons hopkins had 473 total targets over his last three seasons which averages out to be 157.7 targets per year which averages out to be 10.1 targets per game that is insane. That's almost two full targets more than Tyreek Hill has averaged over the, over the past three seasons. The only reason I don't have Hopkins as my wide receiver one is due to Hill's insane ceiling and his speed, and he can score on, you know he can score on on any any single play. I love that upside. But getting back to Hopkins, DeAndre is going into his second season with the best quarterback he's ever played with Kyler Murray. In his first season on a team with Kyler Murray, Hopkins had over 1,400 yards and nine touchdowns. So I think sky is the limit for this duo. And DeAndre's outlook only strengthens with the the rookie draft pick, Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk, and yes, even A.J. Green, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> he can take some attention away from him. Uh, but I am extremely tempted to make Hopkins, my number one wide out, but for now he's my number two.
0: No, I think that's fair. I, I think Ronnie Moore is a good addition. Um, I can't say Andy Isabella or Christian Kirk, but I will say right. you know Ronnie Moore. I think Ronnie Moore is is going to be a nice addition for all of them in that offense, and I think that's a that's a good thing for what they're going to do there. I, I do struggle with K- Kingsbury's offense. Like I, I do, I worry about that a little bit. But like you said, you can't really worry about Hopkins. He he's an absolute right. stud. Uh, and when you look at what he's able to do, the targets he's going to get in the red zone. Uh, I, I do like that, and I, I think that's fair. And it, they really didn't bring any other weapons. They got Rondale, but they didn't right. like – they brought in AJ. But, again, <laughs> I don't see them – you know, Larry was probably more of a target share, and he got more targets than probably those guys did last year with, sure. with what he's been able to do. So, yeah. no, I like Hopkins. I like that there. Uh, I probably would have flipped maybe your two and three, but what? who is your number three?
1: <laughs> so, my number three is Stefan Diggs, which I actually had as my number two wideout all summer. But then I just the more research I did and just the consistency of DeAndre Hopkins just had him vaulted over Diggs. Uh but yeah. but hey, Stefan Diggs is probably the safest wide receiver that you can take early in your draft. You know, we all knew that Diggs was a solid wideout in Minnesota, but he single-handedly vaulted Josh Allen's career. You know, he yeah. had 127 catches for over 1500 yards and nine touchdowns in his first year with a new team with a quarterback who came into that year with serious accuracy issues you know Allen clung on to him uh from the get-go and gave Diggs 9.6 targets per game you know with Allen ascending as one of the league's top quarterbacks Diggs is firmly entrenched as his top target which should be which should be fantasy manager's top targets on draft day.
0: Yeah. No, no, I I like that. I mean, when when we look at Buffalo, they're not going to run the ball with Singletary and Moss. Uh, That's kind of a, you know, they're going to throw the ball a lot. You're going to have Allen there. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders. Does that worry you? That doesn't really worry me as much. Um, It It doesn't worry me a ton, but Sanders is a very reliable vet. But, you know, I,
1: yeah, I don't see him getting more than four catches per game. Okay.
0: No, that's fair. I, and I do think Cole Beasley, I know, vaccines yeah. aside, he, he's legit, <laughs> like, oh he's a legit player and he's going to get those targets and he's going he's a value right now his value ever since he came out and said what he said has dropped like and if we're looking at this we talked about this like this is fantasy you Mm -hmm. you don't draft based on feelings like this this guy's going to be a legit redraft guy and i've seen him go anywhere from like i think i think i got him in the scott fishbowl at the 15th round or 16th round let's go so that's a legit guy in in offense in a redraft area like i'll target cole beasley yeah
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So,
0: so, so I
1: like, I like Diggs's outlook, but there is a possibility that we have already seen Stefan Diggs's best season of his career. So, you know, I see a little bit of regression happening, but, but I would still take him as my wide receiver
0: three. Okay. No, that's fair. Uh, All right. Let's go to the next guy that I left off my list uh, because yeah, we'll probably talk about that, but who, who do you have as your number four? All
1: right. I got Sir Calvin Ridley breakout year incoming last season. He turned 143 targets into 90 catches over 1300 yards and nine touchdowns. And that was even with Julio as Atlanta's wide receiver one. You know, I know that Julio did miss some, some games with, you know, with like all of, with all of those hamstring issues, but Ridley still established himself as the wide receiver one in those games where Julio was not there. So Ridley has proven to be, you know, a wide receiver, one alpha dog. He doesn't need a stud on the other side, you know, you know, like taking extra coverage away. He has proven to be that guy. Um, So I think that, you know, I think that Ridley is going to soak up all those targets that Julio is leaving behind. Of course, you know, Russell gauge and, Correct me if I'm saying his name wrong, but alamadeus Zacchaeus, um, you know, they're they are going to get some of those targets. But mm. Julio Jones eclipsed 143 targets in all but one of the previous six seasons. So you can expect Ridley to garner 150 plus targets on a very pass heavy offense. You know, I, so Ridley is firmly entrenched as my wide receiver for, and I can't wait to see his breakout.
0: Yeah, no, I think that he's a very solid option. It's funny because dynasty perspective, we always talk about like how old they are. He's an older receiver for like where he's at in his career because he came into the league older. Like he, and he just kind right? of twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, he's twenty seven. I believe he turns twenty seven pretty soon. But mm-hmm. yeah, but it was just for your for everybody listening and just to understand, like I looked up his stats without Julio Jones and the games that he's played in his career, so twenty nineteen all the way to twenty twenty one. He, the lowest number of targets he received was nine. And so he had 10, 13, 10, nine, 12, Dang. 14, nine, 12 targets. And then when you look at his yards, he went over a hundred yards in five of those games and had 90 in two of those games. And so oh. the one thing that he did struggle with was touchdowns. He only had three, but I think with Julio that he struggled with that as well. And I think that was more of the Falcons offense. They yeah. really struggled scoring in the red zone. Uh, but, no, I agree. I think he's going to get peppered with targets. And I know, like, I know my guy Peter Howard out there is saying vacated targets isn't a thing, but he's going to earn those targets. Yeah. Calvin's going to get a lot. I mean, they're going to get peppered. That defense is bad. They're going to have where to throw him from behind. Like, there's a lot of things to like about Calvin really. You could honestly say maybe Calvin should be number three. It realistically over digs um, or even a little higher just based on the, what he's going to get his share, his right. volume there. All
1: right. Who do you have at number five? All right. Number five, I got DK Metcalf. So I was admittedly a little low on him after the season ended last year due to a disappointing second half. You know, yeah. in, in, in the first half, he was putting up an otherworldly 788 yards and eight touchdowns through eight games. And then the last eight games, it was just 515 yards and only two touchdowns, you know, and the talk of the town in Seattle is that Pete Carroll wants to run the ball more, which would lead to less cooking from Russ, right? Yeah. Look, Russ is going to cook no matter what the rumor in Seattle is. The Seahawks defense is decent, but they're not the Legion of Boom anymore. You know, they're going to give up points and Russell is going to have to throw downfield. DK Metcalf at six foot four, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, absolutely jacked and can run a 4-340. He can get behind any defense. You know, as long as the Seattle offensive line can give Russ enough time, he's going to heave it to Metcalf multiple times, uh, which will eventually lead to huge games. Now, okay. I see I see 140 plus targets for Fourteen hundred plus yards and at least ten touchdowns. You know what? And his ADP right now is at three hundred one, which you know Metcalf could potentially be drafted by a CMC or a Dalvin Cook manager who have the first or second pick, which which would be extremely ideal. You know, you know, starting out your draft with CMC or Cook, and then at the turn taking a Metcalf and another RB two or another wide receiver one would be sensational.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, 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 there's a couple of people that I'm, I'm I'm concerned that they're not in your top five. We'll get into that because there's one that I you you put him as could sneak in your top five and it's uh, but I'm a Cowboys fan so it's hard for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm very biased. Uh, I like DK. I think the thing that I worry about is just I don't trust that offense. Like I know what you're saying and yeah. I like that you're like hey they, they you know let him cook do these type of things. Mm-hmm. I, I just worry about that. I think Lockett's a very sneaky. I think Lockett's that guy is going to always exceed ADP no matter what. Like, Absolutely. He's that, and I have Lockett and he is frustrated because he'll have those games where he has one catch for seven yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you, when you watch him, he's very consistent. So I do think they'll take away the targets there, uh, but they didn't really upgrade that position. And I still think the running back is a little weak. If Carson gets hurt, we could, and then he has yeah. gotten hurt. You're going to see them throw it more. So mm-hmm. I like it. I, I love DK. DK is in my top five for dynasty wide receivers as well. Uh, who do you think could sneak into the top five? You got a couple guys. I absolutely do, man. And despite,
1: having AJ Brown and Keenan Allen next up on my rankings after my top five, Mm -hmm. I'm going with the upside of Terry scary, Terry McLaurin and your boy CD lamb. Okay. So I'm going to start off with scary Terry. He finished as the wide receiver 24 and wide receiver 25 in his first two years, despite mediocre quarterback play at best. You know, I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a significant up, is a significant upgrade over Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, Alex Smith, Kyle Allen. I mean, he, he has been the very definition of quarterback proof, you know, even though he's finishing as a wide receiver two, he could easily finish as a wide receiver one or even higher with, with a quarterback who loves to sling the ball. Now I have heard, I have heard the argument that Washington football team, you know, since they do have an incredible defense that Fitzpatrick will be like a game manager, but I just don't see that happening. I mean, like the Redskins still have to put up points and they have to go to their number one guy, Terry, who is just a burner and he is just a freak. So I can absolutely see him sneaking into the top five. Uh, Right now he's my wide receiver nine, but he could easily sneak into the top five. Um, And then, and then now my second guy, your boy, Kevin CD lamb. Let's go. I am. I am so hyped for lamb this season. It's unreal. We talked about him on, 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 on an earlier show, but I'll keep singing his praises whenever and wherever I can. So lamb finished the 2020 season, his rookie season as the wide receiver 20, despite losing Dak in week five CD was averaging 7.3 targets in all his games with Dak as a rookie lamb, like all the other rookies, had to deal with that wonky COVID-ridden offseason too, yet he was still being peppered with targets often from Dak. So with Dak and Lamb having a full offseason together, I see both those guys putting up video game numbers together, especially with the Cowboys defense giving up 29.6 points per game. Uh so I don't expect yeah. Dak to run a ton coming off that ankle injury, which will most likely mean a lot more screens for C D.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm gonna talk about C D. So I, I think you're right. I think those points are good there. I like Scary Terry. I have him on my anyway, and I can seek in the top five for Dynasty. Like, I, I realistically, as much as I like CD and as much as I like the NFC East, what they have, Galladay, everybody there. We could be talking about um Scary Terry being the wide receiver one in the NFC East before the end of the season. Like we realistically, he had poor quarterback play at all those things going on with him. And then now he gets now. Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't, you know, Tom Brady, but he's gonna pepper him and you're gonna see nice. those targets you're gonna have him there. So no, I, I agree. I think those guys are good. So just to recap for everybody listening, we have Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, Ridley, DK Metcalf Metcalf. God I can't talk, and then we have Terry McLaren and then Cd Lamb. So those are your kind of your guys that can maybe sneak in there, and then those are your top five guys that, that are there. Uh, now we're gonna go to my dynasty and we're gonna be looking at dynasty. And as always, I always like to say, like when I go to dynasty, it's 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 based on value. I'm all about value. Right. Uh, we're getting, you know, so everybody don't be don't yelling at me on, on social media or come finding me at the podcast. Like there, there's consistency issues that I have sometimes with guys, and there's also like, I'm not an ageist, but I am, like, in a way. <laughs> so I just want to point that out. So let's go to dynasty. All right, so I'll go first, and then I'll probably have Jacob lead me through. But my number one dynasty wide receiver, and it's someone who I absolutely love, Um, I've been on him this whole time, and that's A.J. Brown. And he was my dynasty wide receiver one in January. So everybody should know that he's been up there for me. I'm on record. You can find me. You can take the receipts down. You know, right right now he's going – his ADP is 18.50, and wide receiver two right now behind Justin Jefferson. Uh, But when you look at what he's been able to accomplish in Tennessee – he's just a stud and he's shown that he hasn't regressed and he's not been one of those guys like, Oh man, location is going to hurt him. He hasn't done that. Uh, he was supposed to finish, I think, with, with what the targets that he saw last year where he saw him on the field. I think he was supposed to finish, like, number 30 wide receiver just based on the targets. So when you look at, like, the perspective where he had, and he actually finished his number 12 wide receiver. So when you're looking at where you're projected based on what he had, and he had that injury that he was dealing with. Right. So And I don't think he was as healthy as people thought last year. I think that he actually, as we saw up the season, he had to have knee surgery. So mm-hmm. he definitely had that, but he was consistent as hell. And when you watched him, he was putting up 20-point games. He had that last last game of the year against Houston. He had 31 fantasy points per game in PPR formats. He's young. He's explosive. He's 24. You're going to get like probably at least three years of top end production from him. I love Tannehill in that offense. I understand the Julio thing, mm-hmm. uh, but but losing John Smith, I don't think Julio is. As, I like Julio, but I don't think Julio is going to be that guy that comes in and just takes things away from him. I'm more worried about the rushing attack, but with Arthur Smith not being there anymore, we could see them throw a little bit more and be a little bit more dynamic on that side and give, give them some reins. So I do like that. I do like that kind of game script for them. So AJ Brown's my dynasty wide receiver one based on value, talent, where he's at, what he's been able to accomplish, his consistency. You're probably looking at twenty fantasy points per game consistently with, with him. He's going to get catches. I think they're going to target him more. And I think Julio helps him too, because I think teams are going to have to worry about Julio now, instead of worrying about what Corey Davis, Johnny mm-hmm. Smith, these other guys that have kind of been there that haven't had to have put that much pressure on the defense. They're still going to have to worry about Julio. So AJ Brown is my dynasty wide receiver one. Do you think <laughs> I'm crazy with that?
1: You are not crazy at all because I had AJ Brown as my wide receiver two before Julio came in and and I slipped him down to my wide receiver six for redraft. But in a dynasty, he's only 24 years old. He is an absolute beast. And I like all those points that you made. And Julio almost missed half the season last year. So I think, you know, AJ Brown, he's coming off these knee surgeries, but it was just like some cleanup surgeries and stuff. And he says that he's going, he, he, he is going to be good to go this year. Um, And what's crazy is that he's, 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 he is built like, a running back, like he is jacked. He's only like six foot tall, but he plays like he's six foot eight. Like this dude is everywhere. He's always open. He knows how to get open. So yeah. I love that pick. And he's only twenty four, which is incredible for Dynasty.
0: And he's a top top social media Twitter follow. Like he's my guy. Like. You yeah. gotta you got to have entertainment. Like this dude just is my yeah. dude. Like when I watch him and I love him and I am not even a really, you know, a, yeah. I was a big fan of him coming out of college, but I'm not like a fan fan of his, but I just love his way. He plays everything's there. Yeah. So, uh, I, that's my guy. So I'm sticking with him. Uh,
1: now- handedly, he used Twitter and TikTok to bring, Julio into town. So, I mean, yeah. he, he he is a beast behind the keys.
0: <laughs> no, he, he's my guy. So, I'm going with him. And I think Love just it. based on value, too. Like, yeah. you know, he's going where he's at as wide receiver two with what you could give up for him. And that's always the case. Okay, what can I move him for? And what can I have this for? So, I'm 100% on that. My number two might be interesting. And, and there's a... <sighs> If we just talked about Tyreek Hill. So my number two is Tyreek Hill. Now we talked about ageism and he's 27. You know, Jacob did a good job with all the stats that we kind of talked about. Now in 2020, he saw 10 plus targets in seven different games. Mm-hmm. Kelsey's going to be 32, Sammy's gone, McColl's there, but I mean, they didn't really bring in anybody worthy of that kind of spot. So I don't think the target's going away. If anything, I know this is crazy to think, but I think he might get more. Right. Like, I think he's going to get – I realistically, so last season he's had 135 targets. What happens this season if he gets to 150? I mean that's not out of the realm of possibility, right. to be honest, mm-hmm. with what he does. And he has his rushing. He does get those sweeps in the red zone that they like to use him with. They love, doing the, you know, they love doing those type of different gadget plays in the red zone. So he's going to get rushing touchdowns as well. I mean, last year he had two, but he, did, he does get in the red zone there. So he's big playability all over the place. And he had 328 fantasy points last year. So the one thing I would say with Tyreek, though, is that I'm probably moving him if I'm not a contender this year. Hmm. So I don't think he'll be in the top five of dynasty wide receivers next year. So he has a value cliff, and so I, I think you definitely need to be worried about his value cliff. So when I look at my rosters, I have Tyreek everywhere. The rosters that I feel like, ah, you know, I don't know if I'm necessarily competing in that in that league or if I'm borderline, I'm waiting to see because I will move Tyreek. Now, just depending on perspective of what he's getting moved for right now, in Superflex leagues, he actually got traded straight up for Justin Herbert. So you could take So you could take Tyreek, get a quarterback like Justin Herbert in Superflex leagues – That is a smash. I take that all day. Yeah. And I don't know how they got that, but they did. And so to me, that's pretty good perspective. But, hey, you got that. He also went straight up for DK Metcalf. So, again, and then he also went for Justin Jefferson and a third-round pick. Okay. So I think that's very good value. Like If you can get, though, younger with that perceived production, I'm okay with that. Uh, But I still think he's your wide receiver, too or wide receiver one in formats like this. Like, you're going to want to win. Like, Tyreek's going to give you that ability. But right. I do think he's at his value, Cliff. Like, this is it. So I have him as my dynasty wide receiver, too. But that's because I know if I, I'm going to move, if I need to, I'll move him. I'll move him around, do those type of things.
1: I couldn't agree more, my man.
0: So I just talked about him. So Tyreek is my number two and in DK Metcalf is my number three uh, in dynasty formats. And, you know, Jacob definitely mentioned him and went over it. The thing that I did want to mention though, is that he finishes wide receiver two or better in 50% of his games last year, mm-hmm. which ranked about 13th among wide receivers. So he's consistent and he was much better in year two than he was in year one. So mm-hmm. one that you saw from his year one, to his year two was consistency improved. He finishes wide receiver seven and a half PPR. And then he also is tied to Russell Wilson. So there's a lot of things going for him. He's young. He's efficient. He's only 23, which is crazy to think about. Right. He looks like a, I'm not me. Like, let's just be honest. Looks like, like this a guy,
1: linebacker. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> he's insanely jacked.
0: See? He's insane. He did strike out in the celebrity softball game last night. So I thought about maybe moving him down my vertiers. Oh. I don't <laughs> want yeah. that
1: against him, but that is a little embarrassing, DK. Come on.
0: He, he struck out in a softball game. But, no, I, you know, <laughs> when you're looking at what he was able to do, I mean, he's a big play threat. He's going to get targets. He had a 29, 129 last year. Uh, you know, points per game were there. Like, again, value. So for me, that value is there if you can add something to him. So if you can get Tyreek, trade him for DK+. Plus, I like that. I like what you can do. Uh, I did this last year in a Dynasty League. I was not contending at the end. So I I was borderline. I got knocked out of the playoffs the last week. I traded Devontae Adams for DK and a second round pick.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. You
0: know, value, right? It's all about value. Those trades are interesting. Like, I don't know who I'd rather have in a Dynasty League, to be honest. Devontae Adams or DK? DK's younger. Devontae, you know. Right. Right, oh, yeah, right, right.
1: Especially now uh, with Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you cannot not pull off that deal right now. That would be impossible. So you moved him at the right time to get DK.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of like what Dynasty is, right? Moving him at the right time right. and getting lucky at the right time sometimes, right. getting out of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I mean, in that same league, I traded Devontae Parker for Ayuk, and uh, that was like three weeks before the season. So, Great you know. Call it was over. So those are the type of things you got to try to do, try to move around and do some things there. Uh, yeah. now my number four is Justin Jefferson and that might be a little lower than some. He's getting drafted actually right now as wide receiver one. Uh, I don't have him no. as wide receiver one yet. So he's getting drafted to 17, basically in the middle of the second as wide receiver one. I've seen him go as early as the 112 in dynasty drafts and startups. Hmm. Um, and that's, man, I, I I just don't know. So when you look at Justin Jefferson, what he did last year, we know just how difficult he did. He finished with 400 yards, 125 targets, and that's kind of ridiculous. And he caught 70% of his targets last year. Crazy. So basically 16 yards a catch mm-hmm. um, or target, excuse me. So no other wide receiver in history of the game has totaled that many yards on less targets. So mm-hmm. when you're looking at what he did, I think consistently, I mean, you know, Adam Thielen is there mm-hmm. and they do have good chemistry between him and Cousins. You're going to, they didn't really add anything else. I think their defense is going to be a little bit better this year though. They added Daniel Hunter. They did a lot of things on that defensive side of the ball. Mm -hmm. They're going to run it. We, you know, we, we know that with Dalvin cook, they're going to have that game script, but I don't think Mm -hmm. they're going to have to throw. Like when you watch, when you watch the games last year for the Vikings, It was basically that fourth quarter, third, fourth quarter in the second half. They're just hucking it, and they're just trying to get back in those games. And Jefferson definitely, definitely, you know, had a run there at the end. You saw it last year. at 12 targets in week 13, 8, 11, 10, 12. That's kind of how he finished his year off. He also had 13 in week 12. So – he got pepper targets. Will those targets still be there? I still think he finishes as a top five wide receiver. So don't get me wrong. Like he's in there, mm-hmm. but I think his perceived value right now is, is too much. So like I actually wrote a column recently for the dynasty wine group for their um, Patron. And I said that actually this might be a time to actually trade Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Cause I think his value is so much higher than what his actual worth is. And I, and I looked at it and it depends on how, what you think of different guys. Like you can trade Justin Jefferson, for CD Lamb plus, so like Justin Jefferson yeah. got traded for CD Lamb and Cole Komet.
1: Nice, nice. I like that a lot. And plus from from a dynasty perspective, how long is Kirk Cousins going to be in Minnesota? Yeah, and you know, and the Vikings didn't draft Justin Fields, who they were trying to get. So so they settled for Kellen Mond. And it's like, uh, is he the future? Will he be able to sustain? Justin Jefferson's dynasty value after Kirk Cousins is gone. I mean, yeah. what, do you think, what do you think about that,
0: Kevin? Well, that's, you know, that's my biggest argument. So my number five is CeeDee Lamb, and, and I have them really close. Um, mm-hmm. I really feel like it's four and five. Like, they're right across the board. But my biggest argument for why I would rather take CeeDee Lamb, where he's going as ADP, which is wide receiver seven, is because he's going to have Dak. And he's going to have Dak yeah. for the next, what, five, six years? Yep. Where, like you mentioned let me everybody out there listening kellen mond is not the answer like you okay. can write that down on my <laughs> gravestone stop wasting third round picks on him like Oof. he is a nice athlete he was a okay college quarterback super nice kid like everything about him he does not have the accuracy or decision making to make it in the nfl he just doesn't and so that's not going to be the option and he's not going to be there so you're looking at what kirk cousins for this year Right. If they don't do well again, they're probably going to move on from Kirk Cousins, and they're going right. to say, so now you're like, okay, who's Justin Jefferson got thrown in the ball? Okay, well now, hey, look at CD, who's going to have Dak, and I think Amari Cooper's going after next year. Right. So that's kind of my perspective from a dynasty perspective. If you can have Jefferson Jefferson and trade him for CD, I think that would be a great move plus adding something. Um, but like you mentioned with CD, like everything about him is just there. I think they move him in the slot a little bit more, which he excelled mm-hmm. at. Yeah. And then last year with Dak in the five-game sample size, which I know all my analytic guys will be mad at me because it's too small of a sample, he was still wide receiver 12 with Dak. So if he would have finished that season out, and that's with what he was dealing with, the new season, COVID, all that kind of stuff, I don't see how there's any way CD doesn't finish as a top 10 wide receiver. I just don't see it, as long as he stays healthy. I, I don't see it as he, either one of those guys do. He's my most wanted asset in Dynasty Leagues right now CD Lamb.
1: I could not agree more and you are convincing me by the second. I drafted Justin Jefferson in a startup dynasty league and I've been trying to get Lamb to pair with Jefferson but it feels like I need to give up Jefferson to get Lamb but I think I would rather have Lamb.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with either but just if you dynasty outlook looking at it like you're still going to get pretty good production. I mean, Jefferson might finish ahead of CD this year. Like maybe there's the, the we're going to see cuz Cooper Cooper being there and Gallup and those different groups. So maybe, but I still think CD is the wide receiver one in Dallas this year. So you're still, let's say you do trade him for CD. You can still get something back. Plus CD, get that production that you would like to see maybe a top 10 production. You can still win your league with that. Plus you get another asset. Love so that's it. that's kind of how I am. I don't like I don't fall in love with my assets on my team. Like you got to be yeah. very careful. Like I like guys like I love Swift. But if someone offered me something for Swift, and I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. Like there's no like that's I'm it. not yeah. going to take something to try to better my team. Uh, I'll be quick on this. There's a couple guys that I think could sneak into the top five for Dynasty Conversations. I, I put Calvin Ridley down just based on what you were saying. He can see the targets. He's going to vault up, so his value yeah. is going to increase. I, I really believe that Calvin Ridley could sneak into that top five. And it's scary Terry for me. Um, I think that he could put up those numbers that you like to see. He's still a younger asset. He could still have three years of legit talent on that team. He's going right now as wide receiver 16. So that's hmm. incredible value in Dynasty Startups. Wow. Yeah. And basically he's going to round four and a half, five in that range. So four five range uh, in a startup. I did. I got CD and Terry. So I got them. Oh, I love it.
1: So love the third, fourth,
0: yeah. So the third, fourth, I grabbed them both to pair with Swift and Herbert. So those, that's how I kind of grabbed it and Today I'm going to go young, build up. So I think Terry McLaren could by the end of this thing, be a asset that we'd like to see from the dynasty perspective. Uh, but no, just for everybody listening, my, my top five of Brown. Hill, Metcalf, Jefferson, and Lamb. And those are my two outside guys. Love it. So what we're going to do now is go to some wide receivers that we're kind of staying away from. I love that he has one of these guys my on uh, here. So, Jacob, give me a, why don't you give me one, then I'll do mine, and we'll kind of go back and forth. So give me one wide receiver you're staying away from. Okay,
1: so one wide receiver I'm staying away from in redraft. We just talked about him. Justin Jefferson. He's going at the 212, which is too rich for my blood, and I'm not going to keep beating the dead horse because you've done a great job yeah. in in why he shouldn't be trusted as the wide receiver 1 in Dynasty. You know, I've talked about Jefferson at length on a previous episode. Uh, you know, I can't get behind that that high 212 draft pick where he's my wide receiver 1. You know, the Minnesota defense like you said is getting healthier with Hunter with Anthony Barr coming back. So I don't believe that cousins will have to huck the ball at an insane pace. Like he did last season. I still think that Jefferson will be great. Like you said, he, he should finish within the top five, at least because he's going to get peppered with targets. He is, he is an insane talent, but I have a difficult time trusting him as my wide receiver one. Uh, I would rather have guys that are going right after him, like DK Metcalf or, or even a solid, Wide receiver one floor guy like Keenan Allen, I would heavily debate between Jefferson and Allen because I know I'm getting that production from Allen with with a rock solid up and coming quarterback in Justin Herbert. I trust I trust Keenan Allen at least next season over Justin Jefferson this season.
0: No, no, no. I think that's fair. I I, redraft is so weird for me because I'm not in a lot of those. Uh, But I I think I would be more concerned. And to be honest, like in my redraft leagues that I've kind of done, the charity leagues that I've done, I've just punted wide receiver. Like I'm just I'm not even touching it to like the fourth round or fifth round. If it's super flex, like if it's not super flex, then obviously that changes things. If it's third, fourth. But I'm punting it because you can get guys like those guys that you mentioned later and still get a better running back. And that's, I think that's the key there. Uh, you know, w- w- one guy for me that I'm just staying away from, Jega, is, is OBJ. Odell Beckham, you have yeah. ruined my life for the Ugh. last two years because I've, I've been on your side. I do think that, like, where his ADP has right now, which is wide receiver 32 and 93.00, it's actually not a terrible ADP because realistically you could be probably, if he has a pretty good year, you could see him as wide receiver two, And so he's going he to exceed his – yeah, he's gonna exceed his ADP probably, but I right. just I don't want to do it. I'm done. I'm done with yeah. you, OBJ. In dynasty formats as well. Like to get every get perspective who's going around him. Noah Fant is right there, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddle, Tyler Lockett, DJ Chark, LaVisca, like oh, Debo yeah. Samuel. I, I just from a dynasty perspective, I'd rather grab kind of the higher upside guy yeah. and hope that he pans out to be something for me for three or four years down the road. I'm just not taking a shot at OBJ. I can see OBJ being like AJ Green Green was last year. Remember how everybody was drafting AJ Green, and then he just, boom, his value's done. You can't even get rid of AJ Green.
1: Right. Right. All right. Yeah. You won't hear any arguments from me. I will never draft OBJ again. I'm not, I am not drinking that Kool-Aid. I'm never falling for it again. See you later, OBJ.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's just not worth it. I just don't think it's in Stefanski's offense where he's going to run the ball, have the run script, They have Chubb hunt there. They have Landry there. They don't have enough targets. They just don't have enough targets. And so I just, and he can't stay healthy and he's an idiot. All right, let's move (laughs) on. Uh, Who is your second wide receiver you're staying away from? Okay.
1: So the second, wide out in redrafts I'm staying away from is Jamar chase. I can pretty much guarantee you. I won't have chase on any of my redraft rosters this fall. That's not to say that I don't believe in him long-term, but it seems that most fantasy managers are banking on chase duplicating the rookie season that Justin Jefferson just had. And like you said, it was an historic rookie season that it doesn't happen every year he is Justin Jefferson is an outlier. Okay. Yeah. This, this, this is a whole new year. Uh, you know, I still, I still think that Burrow, you know, Burrow's connection with chase will translate to the next level, but he's being taken at the six one before, before, you know, guys like Kenny Galladay, Ch- Chase Claypool, teammate, T Higgins who I would actually rather have than Chase because Higgins has proven it and he already has that chemistry with Burrow at the next level. And yeah. even even Courtland Sutton, I would take over Chase who's going a full round later at the 702. I'll take any one of those proven wideouts before taking a shot on rookie Jamar Chase.
0: Do you think Sutton's injury though worries? Does that worry you at all? Or you think he's good? He's ready to roll, like over Chase, because Chase, I, I feel like Chase has the better quarterback, right? I, I don't want to shit on your Broncos, but I feel like they, okay. Chase got the better quarterback option to where I think I would risk it more with Chase if that makes sense.
1: So Chase does have the better quarterback, but let's not forget that Burrow's coming coming out of that incredible knee injury that you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, his knee was shattered, uh, and there's there is arguments on if Burrow is going to be ready for week one. So is he going to be as effective for at least the first two, two or three weeks? I'm not sure at, whereas Cortland Sutton has proven to be quarterback proof. You know, he's not on the quarterback proof level of a Deandre Hopkins. Like I was saying earlier, but Sutton has proven to get it done with the likes of Brandon Allen, case Keenum, Joe Flacco, all these other garbage quarterbacks, you know? So, whether it's drew lock or Teddy Bridgewater, I still think that Sutton is somewhat quarterback proof. And I would trust him who has proven it over chase, who hasn't proven it yet at the pro level. And I would even like Sutton more if Teddy Bridgewater one, because I know that Bridgewater is accurate, even though he's not going to be as gun as drew lock would be. But you know, if yeah. Teddy if Teddy wins the job outright then Sutton's value should shoot up a few spots uh but yeah i mean i i just can't spend a, um a high 6th round pick on someone who just hasn't proven it yet
0: no i think that's fair especially in redraft right like right, people exactly. forget people were drafting Justin Jefferson last year what around 12 13 yep. in redraft like i got him late it, yeah, and then oh, now oh, look what he's done. He put these numbers up. Like people that were right. drafting Jalen Rieger way earlier than that, oh, they right. got burned. So like, you got to be very careful. Like, I would just move on from it. Now, to to be fair for Jamar Chase is even his dynasty values is it, it, probably the highest. Is probably going to be for a while. Wide receiver ten right now is where he's getting drafted. Oh, so man. he's. He's getting drafted before, or he's getting drafted before Godwin, Allen, DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, Michael Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson. Like all those guys are getting drafted oh, after man. Jamar. Jamar after Terry.
1: It, that's the most surprising to me is Terry McLaurin. He's still twenty five, and he's um and he's incredible.
0: Yeah, well, Terry's wide receiver sixteen compared to wide receiver ten for Jamar. It is good. I. His value is, is shooting through the roof. Like, to be honest, like Jamar is someone who I don't own in any leagues. I didn't have him in Debbie. So, since I already had him in Debbie, I didn't have to draft him super high. But if he's based on where his ADP's at, I wouldn't draft him where he's at. Like, I, no. I just don't think it's, it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, my, my dynasty guy I'm staying away from, and I wanted to be a little bit of a different, like not one of these top guys, is, is Curtis Samuel. So, I'm, I'm staying away from Curtis Ooh. Samuel. When you look at where he's going, he's, he's going as a wide receiver 42. I think people are, are building Curtis Samuel up a little bit too much. I think that they're gonna he's you know they're gonna be targeting D- Diamond Brown from North Carolina's legit wide receiver. Yeah. You have Scary Terry that we talked about. McKiss- McKissick is there, and mm-hmm. you, then you have Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas. Like you're gonna have legit guys there that are gonna be getting targets away from him. Where Curtis Sam is getting drafted, wide receiver 42, not a terrible, but other wide receivers around that, like Terrace Marshall, maybe you might want to take that. Robbie Anderson's going right there. Ooh. Michael Gallup. Tyler Boyd is going there. I'd rather mm. probably have Tyler Boyd, to mm. be honest, uh, in, in that area. But just in general, in all of those like scenarios, especially like who else is kind of James Robinson running back. You have kind of quarterbacks going around there. Ronald Jones. Like I don't mind Curtis Samuel, but I don't see Curtis Samuel being like a legit fantasy, like wide receiver three option. I get worried about that, especially with all the other targets that are there. Are you a Curtis Samuel guy or no? For me, Kevin,
1: I like the fact that he's going to be used as a running back. Sometimes I really like that. He's somewhat like he is guaranteed to be manufactured some touches. So that gives him a solid floor. And he also has some explosive upside. You know, and mm-hmm. he's only 24. Um, uh, so I mean, all these I would probably take over the guys that you said, especially since, you know, like, you know, like Tyler Boyd is very, it's very close for me, you know, like Tyler Boyd or a Curtis Samuel. But with Jamar Chase there and T. Higgins there, Tyler Boyd is now the third option, maybe even the yeah. fourth option behind Joe Mixon. Um, so you know that so it's very debatable. Uh, but do you like the floor that Samuel possesses with his old coach Ron Rivera as maybe like a gadget guy who runs the ball, or does that not
0: really appeal to you? <laughs> I mean, it kind of does. I mean, the, the problem I have though is like are they really going to use Samuel in those roles or would they use Gibson more? Like, are they going to give more volume to Gibson? Are they going to run the ball more McKissick's there, you know, with his targets there. Nice. I would like that he's in there, but again, they used, they used Samuel in that role because I don't think they had the weapons that they really needed in there. I mean, they still had CMC and those other guys there, but I still think that I just worry about, and again, I'm not, as, I'm not really a very high on Fitzpatrick. So I'm not like this guy okay. that thinks Fitzpatrick's gonna go in there and win a Super Bowl for the Redskins because of what he is. He's played on what 27 different teams. Like there's yeah, a reason why he, <laughs> there's a reason why he's played in those teams and like, yeah, he's gonna hit the targets, but we also can see them I, I can see them with that defense being so good, running the ball a lot. Getting yeah. Terry the targets that he needs. I think Samuel right. just might not be able to get the targets. Yeah, he'll have some games, yeah. but realistically, I just don't see it. Give me Tyler Boyd and those other guys because I'm a Tyler Boyd guy in a yeah. high, a better offense, worse defense situation.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah yeah. I to- yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that going with the better quarterback, the long-term quarterback in a dynasty with Boyd. Absolutely. Yeah. So I see your argument for sure.
0: Yeah, so those are our guys. So guys we're staying away from. Justin Jefferson. Well, he's staying away from Justin Jefferson. and Jason And redraft. redraft, not not, not a Dynasty. And then for me, OBJ, Curtis Samuel, get the hell out of here, especially OBJ. <laughs> I'm done with you. I'm done with you in, in Dynasty there. Now, before we leave today, we're going to go over some Dynasty buys. And I wanted to add this as we go, because as we're getting close to the season, we'll have more to talk about. But right now is a pretty lull period in a lot of leagues. But I think this is a time to kind of get some people. And so I'm going to be throwing out some trades. A uh, DLF trade analyzer has these for uh, thousands of leagues that they run for MFL. And so this is a good idea. If you're in a dynasty league of some trades going on for some guys that I think you can get for kind of cheap. So I'm going to run through some of them and I'll have Jacob to tell me what he thinks about the deal. So my first guy that I think is pretty attainable right now is Paris Campbell. Now I did, I did send out a, a tweet recently. If you follow me that I said, Paris Campbell is going to be on a dynasty buy for every single I was going to bring that day, up. So Kevin. Yeah. I know I've done it, and and so I, I'm I'm making fun of myself here. But this is the last year I had Paris Campbell. Like this is it for me. Like this is it. If he if he doesn't do it, I'm done with him. Uh, this is no fifth year Devontae breakout. You know Parker breakout of the year for him. But just for the perspective of the things I saw from him, Paris Campbell is getting traded for Hayden Hurst in a non-titan premium league. Hmm. Hurst seems like he's pretty much. I don't want to say done, but the pits there, he's going to see some targets there. But the value wise for me, if you hit on Paris Campbell compared to what you hit on Hayden Hurst, especially with the tight end landscape, I'd rather have Paris Campbell. And he's also going for basically a third round pick. That's his Mm -hmm. value. So what is your take on Paris? First of all, do you like that trade? Which side would you want? And what is your overall take on Paris?
1: Okay, so I do like that trade because as you said, Hurst, I mean he might get three, four targets a game, but Pitts is going to soak up at least six, seven or eight yeah. targets per game. So Hurst is kind of, eh, you know, so, so trading Hearst away for the upside of Campbell is definitely worth it. Uh, just because last season, Paris Campbell had nine targets in week one before going down. So he has that potential. Now we do have, the Carson Wentz factor, which is a little scary because you just don't know what he's going to be this year. But I would definitely take that upside now for me in a redraft. I, okay. So I don't know how to say this nicely, but I don't care about Paris Campbell in a redraft league. Like I'm just like, I'll let someone else draft him or I'll keep my eye on him on the waivers, uh, you know, and see how he does week one. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, Paris is not someone I care about in redraft. But if you want to go for upside, and possible that Wentz just loves him because it can be Paris Campbell, it can be Michael Pittman, it can be T.Y. Hilton. Who is going to be Wentz's guy? You know, we just don't know. And it could be Paris Campbell. So if you want to roll the dice, Paris is a fine option as your last pick, you know, Uh, but, uh, but I love that trade in a dynasty just to get rid of hers for upside. Love it.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think it's based on value there. I like Paris. I think he can excel at that slot role. I think him Hilton and Pittman will be there. And I think Wentz being there will help him if Wentz can figure out the demons, whatever's going on with Wentz. Like I like him, but let's make, make no mistake about this. Like Paris is not someone I'm saying going to be a wide receiver two or one. Like sure. he's a low end wide receiver three for good filler, but it, I'd rather – I would be more comfortable starting Hayden – or not starting Hayden Hurst over Paris in a league. So that's kind of how I kind of put that as my perspective. 100%.
1: All
0: right. My next guy is a guy I'm all in on. This dude is just – God, he just needs to stay healthy, kind of like everybody on this list. But Mike Williams (laughs) from the Chargers, he – you know what? Just to talk about Mike Williams but first – hey, there's no one really outside the top 40 that's already put up wide receiver one numbers but Mike Williams. He's already had a 1,000-yard season, 10 Mm -hmm. touchdowns in a season. He can do it all except for stay healthy. So if he can just stay healthy in terms of kind of what, he, what he's what he been able to do and accomplish in the league, like even last year when he was healthy, he's tied to Herbert as well. So he's right. tied to someone there. In the games that he really realistically stayed healthy, he put up 27, 21, 17 points per game in those three games that he was out there. He, he saw targets. He was able to score touchdowns. So I'm a big Mike Williams guy. I'm all in. I think that he's a legitimate wide receiver three. Like, And he's going to outperform his ADP right now because he's getting drafted after that. So I think he's a legit wide receiver three in leagues. And he, he got traded recently for two deals here. Devontae Parker and a 2022 third for Mike Williams. I'm okay with that. And then Mike Williams straight up for Gabriel Davis. So which deal do you like? Are you worried about the Gabe Davis thing? I'm kind of off the Gabe Davis train now, so I wouldn't mind giving him up for Mike Williams.
1: Yeah, I so Gabriel Davis is someone that I am not on the hype train for either. I just think he's just another guy and he's the fourth option on a Buffalo, you know, on a Buffalo Bills team. He does have upside, he's young, but yes, I would trade I would trade him for a Mike Williams for sure, and uh, a funny stat about Mike Williams. Um, I know that one year that you talked about that he had a thousand yards. He only had two touchdowns. Yeah, and the year before that, I think he had ten touchdowns, but only like six hundred yards. So if he can find like an equalizer, like like let's say like eight eight to nine hundred yards, and you know six seven eight touchdowns, that is that is a solid low end wide receiver too you know, Mm -hmm. and he can definitely do that. Like you said, he has the Justin Herbert factor. So he has that steady QB, you know, because he was dealing with Philip, with Philip rivers, who is a decent quarterback, but he's more of a check down, you know, you know, he loves to check it down to Austin Eckler and, you know, and LT, you know, know, all these guys, but Herbert, you know, Herbert's arm is on another level. So I think, so, so I definitely agree that Mike Williams for, You know, Devontae Parker in a third, that's a steal because Parker is now like the second or third option on a Dolphins team with a questionable quarterback in Tua. So now you trade or in my eyes, you get rid of Parker for a Mike Williams who has a much better quarterback who is set for at least the next three years. So I love both those trades
0: yeah I mean give me just give me Mike Williams in in that scenario Devontae's not Devontae is okay but with the upside with Williams you're looking at two wide receiver three lower end okay who do you think has the best value it's gonna be Williams because yeah. even if Williams doesn't resign there whatever happens after the season I think that he'll be able to put the numbers up you can move him so the, that's just really? perspective hey this is where I'm going at and I, I agree with you on Gabe Davis Gabe Davis has this weird following where they think he's going to be better right. than he is Emmanuel Sanders is there now. We just mentioned him. Cole Beasley is there. He's wide receiver four on that team. Like, Mm -hmm. let's not make this twisted. Like, he is. I think Mike Williams is a good dynasty buy if you're contending. If you're not, eh. But if you're contending, go get him, and then you can use that asset in in, in different ways. Uh, I'll I'll be quick on this one. And, you know, Zach Moss is not someone I like that much. I like Devin Singletary. Same. But But Zach Moss is very cheap. So, when I was looking at what he was going for, like, he got traded straight up for Giovanni Bernard. I don't wow. mind that deal because of rushing touchdowns. Like maybe right. Moss will score those. I know some people think that Tom Brady's going to turn Bernard into this PPR guy. I'm really not that on there. Sorry to my other co host, Jeff Bell. He thinks he is, but he's crazy. Uh, and then Zach Moss. Now, this is the interesting one I want to get your opinion on. Zach Moss straight up for Melvin Gordon. Who would you rather have in Dynasty?
1: That's such a good question, but I would still rather have Moss because he's 23 years old versus Melvin Gordon is like 48 years old. So um, (laughs) uh, I think that Gordon, this is his last year of relevancy. And even that I firmly do think that Javante Williams is going to take over early. Uh, So Gordon is kind of like, and, and so i would definitely flip him for a 23 year old like you said who has rushing touchdown upside i can definitely see him getting 5 6 or 7 rushing touchdowns this year you know i can see him also getting i don't know 6 to 700 yards as well so you know he's he has value whereas melvin gordon may have value like throughout the first half of this season maybe but moss at least has two to, two to three years of rushing touchdown upside
0: yeah. No, no, I agree. No, I think that's there. I, I just think I, I don't like either Singletary or Moss, but what I will right. say is like, if you're going to take a shot on one of those guys, I think Moss has the touchdown upside. Singletary would have the PPR upside, but they don't throw the ball to him. So Allen exactly. pushes the ball downfield. Singletary is open all the time. I remember, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think I've, I i do not know if I ever told this story on the podcast, but last year I needed a half a point from Singletary in the whole second half of a game no way to win a game and he didn't get it because no. they didn't throw him the ball no I needed a half a point I need .5 in a PPR full PPR I needed one catch he could have, <laughs> have minus two yards all I needed was one catch they right. didn't throw it to him and he had 19 yards this game for two carries 19 yards and no catches or one catch or something like that so all I needed in the second half was one catch from him he didn't oh. do it so Singletary is now dead to me dead to me <laughs> dead to what me a, what uh, a bad beat bro I am sorry that hurts that was a, Worst beat I've had in a long time, besides the cream hunt knocking me out of the playoffs when he went off in that game against the Ravens. Um, all right But my last guy is a guy that I'm super buying right now because I think he's a hell of a value where he's at. And that's Jacoby Myers from the Patriots. And I think a couple of things that we we talked about with um with what Myers was. So last year, Myers totaled 45 yards or more in nine of his 11 games that he played. So 81% of his games, he had 45 yards or more. From week seven and on, Myers was the wide receiver 22 in PPR formats. So 12.8 points per game. He averaged seven targets, five receptions, 65 yards. Hmm. Those are numbers not to overlook. But I know they went out and spent a bunch of money on pass catchers. The Galore's there. Kendrick Bourne's there. But those right. numbers, those guys don't really – necessarily scare me very much. I mean, Algalor could, but Bourne is not someone that's going to take away a lot of targets from him. It looks like Nikhil Harry's done. I don't know what's going on with Nikhil oh, Harry. He yeah. doesn't think he's going to be there. So Myers could step in, be the wide receiver one for the Patriots and be in the slot. You're getting a wide receiver one talent for things like this. So you said his name earlier. Um, uh, oh, gosh. Zach Ayas, made from Atlanta. I know oh, that. Right. Uh, and right. a third. Alamedias. Thir- Alameda- 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 and <laughs> Alamedi. Zacharias front and a third for Jacoby Myers and then Jacoby Myers straight up for Van Jefferson. You're getting a wide receiver one on the Patriots who I think Mac Jones will start at a certain point and being in the slot for Van Jefferson. Basically maybe wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver four on that team. So right. give me Jacoby all day. Uh, I think he's an incredible value right now in dynasty leagues because you're getting wide receiver one in that, in that area.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, okay, so it's Zacchaeus Olamide. That's how it looks, but I okay. but yeah, um yeah, I mean as you said, it's it's hard to trade for a team's number one wideout, you know. And yeah. Myers is their number one even with the signing of Aguilor. Yeah. Like you said earlier, Harry is MIA. Like where is he? And he also just requested a trade too, and it's like, you know, How are, how are they going to trade him away? He was, he was their first round pick and they would only get pennies back for him. So like, why would they trade him away? But Harry, Harry is nowhere to be found. This is Jacoby Myers you know, uh, wide receiver, you know, I I don't want to say, you know, but like, yeah, I mean, like he is your best bet of getting those tough yards because Cam Newton clung on to him like crazy throughout the season. Uh, he didn't get get any touchdowns, which, but, but, you know, in like a PPR and he's like your wide receiver four, he did great. So I, I like that, especially for all those players that he's going for. I mean, you know, he's, you know, Jacoby Myers is basically free.
0: Yeah, no, he's free wide receiver one. And what the hell, And especially with Mac Jones coming there, which I think he will not a bad value. I mean, you can get him really late. I got him in the 16th round, I think, or 15th round of a draft. And I don't, mind. I don't hate that, especially for the upside there. Hey, can you, can you put up those numbers some weeks when you have bye weeks To me, he's a bye week filler, wide receiver four. Okay. But based on where he's getting, you can still add him in there. Uh, So, all right. Well, hey, everybody out there, that's the show for this. We went through our top five wide receivers, dynasty redraft, hit some news, hit some stay away wide receivers. some dynasty buys. Uh, Jacob, I'm glad everything is going well and everything is there. Did you mention, did did you say his name on air? I, I can't remember.
1: His name is Jacob Thomas, but we're gonna call him Tommy Boy. You know, like to pay homage to my my wife's late grandpa and also the amazing comedy movie starring yeah. Chris Farley, Tommy Boy. So, I, so I love that
0: <laughs> Fat Boy and a little coat. That's little my coat. That's my favorite movie ever. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button. Uh, Find us on YouTube, on Triple Play Fantasy YouTube, if you're not there already. We'll be back next week. Uh, I'm not having a baby, so I'll be here. I think Jacob's done as well for a little while here. So we will see you guys next week. We appreciate you tuning in.